This is Eitan Weinstein. And I'm Naor Menninger. And you're listening to Two Nice Jewish Boys. This podcast is made in collaboration with the Jewish Journal. Check them out at jewishjournal.com. Also in collaboration with Arutz Sheva, israelnationalnews.com. And last but not least, in collaboration with Australian Jewish News, check them out at ajn.timesofisrael.com. If you'd like to support the podcast, visit 2njb.com slash donate. If you live in Tel Aviv, you simply can't miss them. They are part of your life. When you hang out with your friends at the local bar, they're there. When you go out for jogging, they are there. When you come home from your parents on Friday night and you're waiting at a red light in the entrance to Tel Aviv, they're there. They are Tel Aviv's saddest souls, the homeless. Yes, Tel Aviv isn't Seattle, nor is it San Francisco, but the city struggles with its own homeless people, asking the passerby to spare a shekel. Most of us walk right by them. Don't look, don't care. But today, we're joined by someone who just can't ignore them. Mol Sha'al is an artist who was living in Haifa up until a, three years three. ago. Uh, what, what a memory. Three years ago. When she moved to Tel Aviv, she was amazed by the amount of homeless people in the streets and became fascinated by them. She started talking with some and then began documenting these encounters for a project which went viral on social media. Moshal joins us today to speak about her amazing work with the Street Dwellers Project. Thank you so much for joining us for the second time. Thank you yeah. for having me. <laughs> Tragic story. Yeah, should we start with it? Yeah, we, just... We, we recorded this episode once before, or I'm just having ridiculous deja vu. <laughs> and, uh, and they got Yeah, ruined. and uh, we fucked it up. We is, uh, uh, <laughs> is saying a okay, lot. Okay, it's Moore's fault. <laughs> yeah, my fault. <laughs> Yeah, it was all distorted. So we're going to do this again. It's going to be even better. Yes. So tell us. Tell us why you can't just... I think this is what I asked you the first time. Not that I'm trying to recreate it, you know? But why why can't you just pass by these people? Well, I can't pass by these people because uh, it looks weird to me that there are people uh, on the street. And uh, the most fascinating thing, I think, is that um, us... The, the, the ability of uh, the human being to adjust to all kinds of um, phenomenon. phenomenon, okay, is amazing. I mean, we see them, we ignore them because this is what you do. <laughs> this yeah. is what everybody does. And that amazed me. I mean, what else are we, gonna to, are we going to accept? Mm-hmm. What is the next thing? Now it's a human being on the street. What, what's next? Rape on the street? But do you expect everybody to take responsibility? Yes, of course. As, as, as a community. It's, it's bizarre. But the thing is that, you know, most people hardly have a capacity, which is why I think many of these people are in this situation to begin with. Most people hardly have a capacity to contain themselves. Right. Hmm. You know, most people struggle day to day to 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 just hold themselves together. So to expect them to then go out and and lift someone else up is quite an expectation. No, 
It is. You're absolutely right. But the thing I learned is when you pick someone up, you pick yourself up. So you get, you get them both. So it's more of a selfish act almost. Yeah, completely. It's a selfish act from my side. Completely selfish act. I wanted to do it because I wanted to lift myself. I've been in their situation. I, did, I have a home, but I felt like a homeless for a long time. Why? I've, well, there are situations in life that you're alone. Even if you have friends, even if you have family, you feel alone. And being alone can bring you to all kinds of feelings that you're not aware of. And it can get you so much down that you have no one, that you don't know even what to do with yourself. And the most harsh feeling that I've, I've, I've learned that, um, that happens is that no, the, the feeling that nobody sees you, it's the worst feeling in the world. And when I felt that nobody can really see me, that's why I felt like I'm a homeless. And I think this is the, the main reason why I wanted them to be seen. I think in my head it was like, okay, nobody sees me, now I'm gonna show you who I am. I'm not gonna show you who I am, I'm gonna show you them. You're not seeing them, but I'm by, gonna make them celebrity now. But by this, making others seeing them, you also make others seeing you. Of course, of course. So that's what we were saying, right? Is that like it's this it's it almost comes from the selfish place, but it's it's lifting others to lift yourself, lifting yourself to lift others. I always so. say when I meet them and when I tell them you're beautiful, you're pretty, uh, you're loved. I tell this when I tell it to them, I tell it to myself. Mm -hmm. I feel it when yeah. I take uh, Ruven or uh, Andrew to the beach and Ruven to a museum gallery. I'm taking myself. Because I'm not going to do it alone. Yeah. I'm going to do it with them. I make them happy and I make myself happy. It's the, right, the, like the, this is like a psychologia begrouche. Yeah. Psychology in a... In a shekel. In, in a, a shekel. shekel but shekel's worth pro projection, right? Yeah. Is like the most, is like the basic psychological phenomenon that everybody knows is like you say to other people what you're actually feeling about yourself. Um, what you want to feel about yourself because most well, of us don't no, but naturally, we can't hug ourselves yeah but naturally if I say something to you a lot of the times it's just what I'm feeling about myself so you're saying it's almost kind of reversing that it's trying to change the speech that goes out to change what you're feeling within exactly, exactly. So, so you mentioned Ruven yeah. tell us about Ruven because that's uh, <laughs> the, one of the reasons we're having more is because we saw you on a uh, Khan 11 uh, clip that went viral right? right that they did a little bit a uh, little documentary piece about you so guys go check that out if you speak Hebrew Khan 11 you should upload yeah. a version of this with, a, with English yeah. subtitles okay maybe we'll do a shut up sure <laughs> yeah sure thing so, um, so yeah so there was this viral video and uh, yeah so tell us about and, it yeah, tell us about Ruven. About Ruven. Ruven, okay. So uh, I met Ruven about two months ago, I think, two and a half months. I had no idea he's homeless. Um, we started chatting, and he was really excited to see me and to talk to me because he says he didn't speak to anyone for a long time. And while we were chatting, he just kept on just telling me he's a photographer, he's an artist, and he, he went to a bad situation in life. And he told me the whole story about who he was, and I was shocked. 
I was completely shocked and it, it, it touched me in so many ways. At the minute he told me he's an artist, I just fell in love with him. And from that moment, he became my best friend. Wow. Yeah. And If there are a couple of days that I don't see him, uh, I'm, I'm not feeling good. And there were a couple of days where you didn't see him. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Of course. Yeah. So tell us about that and what happened. Well, Oven, um, at the beginning that I met him, he was really in a bad situation. He even said he wanted to kill himself. And uh, I became really nervous about it. And I made a deal with him. I told him, I want a year from your life. Give me a year. Don't do anything to yourself for one year. And I will give everything I have to make you, your life better in every way I can. And uh, he agreed. And that's what we're doing from now. And there's even a, a bit in the documentary piece they made about you where you, where you see that you took Uven to your apartment yeah. and allowed him to take a shower, which we talked about last time, which seems just crazy, right? I mean, it's like if you tell the average person in Tel Aviv that, the, you know, I let uh, one of the homeless people on the street into my apartment to take a shower. They'd yeah, be like, you don't put it on your Tinder profile. <laughs> no, <laughs> yeah. it's, uh, it's definitely a big not. deal breaker. It's the tagline for, but what, I mean, like, what was going through your mind? He asked, and I just couldn't say no. That's beautiful. I, I just couldn't. He, you know, a shower, it gives you so It's give you it's like the basic thing for a human being to survive and to feel good with himself and when he asked I just why not I mean okay let's let's do it for now until we will find somewhere else you can take a shower you can sleep like a normal people and uh, actually I had a lot of fun when he came to my to my flat we did it twice uh, he came twice to take a shower and the second time he When he came to me, um, we made breakfast, we drank coffee at my flat, we saw a little bit of TV, we talked about art, um, I bought him uh, new clothes, hat. Yeah, so he's... Uh, He <laughs> has a family? Yes. But they're not in touch? No, no. But his kids actually live in Tel Aviv. Yeah. And he sleeps on the streets of Tel Aviv. Yes. Has he ever seen them? Like walk by, walk by, have they ever seen him? I'll tell you what, um, there's a little bit of trouble about his family. They don't want to, they don't want me to talk about it. Okay. I see. Yeah. I they, see. But you can imagine a scenario. Yeah. Yeah. It's he, a hard scenario. Yeah. He um, wasn't totally, I, I mean, I don't want to come off as judgmental, but we spoke about this last night. He wasn't totally... Uh, innocent in his demise to the street, right? He, of course not, yeah. So can he, you tell us about how exactly that happened? Well, he told me he got addicted uh, a couple of years ago uh, to all kinds of stuff. Not drugs, all kinds of stuff he got addicted to. And eventually uh, he got addicted to a nice guy. And that was uh, the moment he became homeless. And uh, being homeless is kind of a punishment. He is punishing himself. And uh, right now he says that he stopped. He finished punishing himself. And now he wants to get back on his feet and start again. 
Nice guy, guys, is like a, it's just an awful, awful drug, right? It's Chemical. basically a mixture of chemicals, yeah. It's like taking bleach. And all the homeless it, are addicted to it because all it's... All the homeless are addicted to it because it's legal. They don't do anything if you do it. Mm-hmm. And it's very cheap. Very and cheap. you smoke it? You smoke it. It's like, uh, like green leaves that are soaked in all kinds of bad materials, like uh, spray for the toilet and against cockroaches, all mm-hmm. kinds of sprays. They just soak it in, in it and it just burns the whole body. It burns your head, burns your body. When they smoke it, they can't move. Their head, like, they wow. faint. Wow. That's hard. Just to get rid of the feeling, probably, right? Yeah, it's, a, it's an escape. They, yeah. ca- they can't really deal with the fact that they live on the streets. I mean, think about it. They can't deal with it. Mm-hmm. They can't deal with themselves and themselves on the street. So that's what they do. And they just take their mind. And I call it the medieval situation. You're not dead and you're not alive. You're in between. You're, you're waiting. Like a zombie. La- exactly. A zombie. Yeah. A zombie that is not seen even. How did this project start? Well, uh, the project started about uh, three years ago when I moved from Haifa to Tel Aviv. When I was growing up in Haifa, I never saw a homeless um, person. Mm -hmm. And when I got to Tel Aviv, I started seeing them everywhere. And when I saw them on the street, I just couldn't take my eyes off them. Just couldn't because... They're very rude <laughs> here in Israel. They do whatever they want. They go around. They shout at you. They're asking for money. They have like uh, Israeli chutzpah. Mm-hmm. And, uh, Did I it was... happen to you? Yeah, of course. Can you tell us? What, uh, the rude ones? Yeah. <laughs> yeah, they come to you and they tell you, uh, give me money. And I tell them, okay, I open my purse. I give them like 10 shekels. No, give me the 50. What are you talking about? I can only give you the 10. No, no, no. Give me the 50. It's really chuspah. Yeah. She sees the 50 in your Yeah, in, your in my purse and she yeah. wants it. Why, I mean, why wouldn't she? Of course. <laughs> so uh, that was the first time when I, uh, I recognized that uh, something is going on with me and them. I was really curious about who are they? I mean, how did you end up in this place why how can i help you what's going on i mean why are there people walking all over tel aviv and nobody cares i really i woke up in the morning one one morning about 6 a.m and i started walking in tel aviv and i saw a lot of homeless people sleeping on benches that was the first time i i thought to myself this is crazy people are sleeping on benches here in israel i mean this person if i go back on history Probably I know him from, I don't know, maybe he served in the army right. with my dad or something like right. that. This is so small country. I mean, it's so bizarre. But there are there is help to those who want it, right? Well, the help is like, it's Israeli. It's not I like mean, in America where you're You want to totally... take a shower? Okay, you can go in and take a shower, but you can't do drugs. So, you understand? But they give uh, drugs, some supplementals? How do you say it? In English, like... Uh, Adolan. Adolan, yeah, which is... Uh, it doesn't really like help replacement them. Replacements. It's like putting a Band-Aid on something that is on a shotgun. Mm-hmm. It's exactly that, because there, there's a person here that suffers. He has mental health. He has... Um, issues. He mental has health issues. issues. Mental health issues. 
And um, if you really want to help him, you can't just give him a dolan or just uh, give him, uh, drop him to, how do you say it? Shelter or... No, like gimilaki. Ah, yeah. Rehab. rehab. Just send him so, to rehab because so they go to rehab do? and they go back to the street. And what else do you do? So what do you do? I mean, how can you help them? Like... Well, the first thing I think is to change, not them, to change us. That's the first thing. We need to look. We need to see them. We need to look at them. We need to make them feel that we see them and that we want them back. That's on our half, the, the, the regular people on the street. When you see a homeless people, just go to him and just ask him, how do you feel? Uh, good morning. Did you eat something today? Did you drink something? Do you want me to buy you something? You don't have to give them money. Just give him the, 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 the feeling that he's... Yeah, he's a human being that you see him. That's on our uh, half. On their half, I think um, the first thing is to give them a reason to live because right now they don't believe in themselves, they don't believe in human beings, and they don't want to live. So we need to bring them back to life. But, uh, sorry, but I don't understand. We got to get back to the story how you, in, in a minute. But I don't understand. Tel Aviv, it's the capital, capital of all homeless people. In Israel, yeah. In Israel. But it's also the richest municipality. They have the equivalent of like $1 billion in their bank account, the city. Okay? So they're rich as hell. So what's stopping them from doing more? I don't understand. What do they do and why they don't do what they don't do? Give me a reason why they want, will do. Give me one reason why Huldai will care. Beca- because he wants tourists to come here. And it's I, was sitting, I was sitting at the Vitrina, a burger spot in Tel Aviv, just last night. Um, Again? Yeah. We just had burger. This is the third time I've had Vitrina in like two weeks. And that does it. Okay, so actually, si- just a we little had the tangent. Burger, yeah. Little tangent. I had a burger that, that morning. And I had a burger morning? and I had a burger the day before. Well, in, like in the for lunch and mm. then I had a burger the day before. It's a problem. It's a problem. I might You're find an myself on the streets. No, but um I was we were sitting there and within thirty minutes, three different people walked up, you know, uh hardcore, you know, addicts, homeless people that, you know, are, are obviously very, very unclean, um, very rude, right? Yeah. They, don't, they don't really care much for niceties. So they come up and they're like, hey, man, do you have something? Do you have something? They, they Not to mention stand corona. over you. They, yeah, they stand over you. They, um, sometimes they yell. Last night we didn't have any yelling, but sometimes they come, like you said, and they're very rude and they yell even. There's one on Rothschild that uh, she's pretty famous by now, and she just starts crying, basically, and yelling. So, I mean, this is, right? That's a reason enough. Like, I mean, it's a a problem in his city. So uh, he would supposedly, you think, want to try and solve it. (laughs) He's taking uh, this mask that we put, this one. He puts it on his eyes, and let's just go. And what he does, he's uh, rehabilitating uh, Schenkin Street and Rothschild Street and take the benches and put something inside the bench in the middle so they won't have the ability to sleep on it. Mm-hmm. And he tries to, to seclude them to certain areas, I guess, right? To push them. And um, yeah, like ghettos. Yeah. But in the morning, the, in the morning they would go outside of that 
mm, I don't know uh, area. area yeah the, the he doesn't zone. give a fuck okay I will say it like that he doesn't give a fuck nobody gives a fuck nobody it's really weird I've been doing this for three months now like in a hardcore way it's my life now and nobody reached nobody out reached out to me no from the city from the none nothing and if they were to reach out what would you say to them let's do something together let's save those people Jewish people Israeli people are on the street what's wrong with you I mean you go on Facebook you see so many people um, trying to find a home for kittens and dogs and puppies and <laughs> a 70 year old man is sleeping on a bench on the street 70 it's I can't sleep on a bench I can walk after it and a 70 year old man so this is my problem well with with you I think there there's something beautiful about what you're doing and there's it it's almost um, there's there's also something pure about your desire to the help these people and the, and the intention but my issue is that and I think we touched on this also a little bit last time my problem is that in the end Nobody can help somebody without that somebody wanting to help themselves. And, and with all the good intentions, this is my problem with like the municipality coming in and with government trying to solve the issue, is that they're the farthest people that are removed, right? Pouring money on any problem usually doesn't solve it. You have to be creative. Exactly. And, and I think that it's not just about creativity. It's about the fact that You know, even if I go and talk to these people, it's the most superficial type of connection, right? They're missing what is really important in life, which is a mother, a father, a brother, sister, a loved one. A job. That, that really, no, but forget about a job even. The most basic is like, like you were saying, the most basic thing family. that someone needs is, 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 yes, some kind of, it doesn't even have to be family, but some kind of strong connection of someone that loves them. Yeah. And th that I can't give them. We can. I mean, by loving them that way myself. Yeah. But, but, you, but it's a, quite a, a big expectation to expect me to take in someone from the street. Not basically. all of us have your emotional no, capacities. No, that's not what I'm trying to do. No, okay. no, 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 no. What I'm trying to do, think about this situation. You're homeless, okay? You're yeah. sitting on the street for ev every day. Ten people a day comes to you, how are you, how are you, how are you, how do you feel, do you need anything, how would you feel? It's a start. Now you have a social worker, you have a, th a therapist, you can move on. And I don't know, maybe you'll find something, maybe we can, um, I don't know, do stuff. Maybe they can uh, help with kids, maybe they can help with elderlies. We can do so many things with them. There are people on the street that... You know, they're not kids. Educated. Yeah, they're educated. They're humble. They want to do stuff. We are just need to make them want to live again. Because now they feel like nobody wants them. They're depressed. They're sad. They're, they hate themselves. If you remove all that and you give them happiness and you give them the, the feeling that they are needed, that there's... There's something about the, the, the way they live. I mean, we need them. 
There's something about that. Yeah, but you know, you were you were telling us last time that, and I won't name names, but one of the people that you know, the way that he ended up on the street was uh, was that he, I mean, on his way, it wasn't like the moment, but on his way to the street, he was staying with a friend, and he ended up stealing this friend's stuff and selling it. Yeah, and when I th- when I think about that, right, I think. Like I, I think the difference between us is that you're you're upset with people for not caring about them, and I'm upset with them for not caring about themselves. You know, I mean, like who comes first in 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 the queue? Well, I think that the individual uh, or the society. I think that uh, when a person reaches a certain um, madriga, uh, edge stage, certain level, stage, level. a certain stage or a certain level. That he breaks down, I mean, most of us can move around and go through hard stuff and get out of it and even grow from it. But there comes a time when you just break and you just let go. And when you do that, that's the most dangerous spot to be in. Because then you reach to the level that you say, "I don't care about myself anymore. I just want to die. I'm just waiting to, to, to die." And that is the, the reason that they are out there. They don't fight anymore, and we need to give them the reason to fight again, because, okay, you gave up on yourself. We are not giving up on you. We're going to let you know that we want you here. We want you back to society. We're going to help you come back to society. Whatever you need. But aren't you, aren't you taking a risk by that approach of being condescending in a way? What do you mean by condescending? Like looking up above them. Why, you, why do you think it's above them? Abo- above them in the sense that you know for them better than they know for themselves. May, like, you know what I'm saying? It's yeah. a little bit condescending. It can be a bit condescending. I, I, can, I can agree, but uh, condescending in a good way because I think uh, life is precious. And if I have the ability to give them one less spark before they do something to themselves, that's what I want to do. I want to show them that life is not just bad. We can make it better. We can. Let's try. Let's try. I mean, you're not dead. We're giving you a hard time, but I think it's good because it's bringing <laughs> out the good stuff. Yeah. Uh, Can you, let's get back to your story for a second okay. because we didn't finish it. So, okay. So you went out at 6 a.m. and you saw all these homeless people and you just moved to Tel Aviv. And then what happened? And then Rona <laughs> came <laughs> to me. Rona is uh, someone who is homeless. He's very known in uh, Tel Aviv. He or she? She. she. Sorry. She. And um, she came to me. And she asked for money, and I told her, "Okay, let me look." I opened up my purse, and I didn't see any anything. And I told her, "Listen, I'm sorry, I don't have anything to give you." And she uh, got she got really angry, and she started cursing me, like, uh, "You son of a bitch, Bazona, you know yeah. And uh, I was shocked, so I started walking away from her because I was afraid. And she just wa- started walking after me, shouting and screaming and cursing me. And uh, I was horrified by it. But uh, while I was horrified and scared, I thought to myself, oh, my God, who is that woman? What's going on in her head? And how come she's like that? That was the moment I was completely curious about it. 
And the next time I saw her, I started filming it. How? About two weeks after it, I saw her again. She asked for money and I told her, I'm going to give you money, but I'm going to document it because I want you to know something. And I opened up my camera and uh, I told her, I'm going to give you this money, but I want you to know that you, the first time I saw you, you shouted at me and you cursed me and I don't want you to do it anymore. And I started talking to her. What's your name? And she said she was sorry about shouting and cursing me. How did you me. come up with the idea, though, to do I that? I don't know. It just happened because I'm doing selfies and video selfies for as long as I remember myself. Mm-hmm. The fact that she said that she's sorry is amazing to me. That blows my mind because I think that that never seemed possible to me. That like these people, like when I saw her for the first, I think we're talking about the same person. I, I would, if you asked me, I would say that person is completely incapable of self-reflection. She's supposed to be locked down in a facility. This, this woman, I know for sure. I've been, she attacked me twice. Tell us about it. Uh, <laughs> I mean, she attacked me a couple of days ago, actually. Really? Yeah. After yeah, yeah. all she you've can, been through? Yeah, she really loves me. She really, really loves me. She's so happy. She's like... All the people uh, recognize me from the movie that you uploaded. They give me money. They give me things. But she's, you know, she can be reasonable and she can be not reasonable at all. And about a couple of days ago, she saw me on the street and she was completely, she was shouting. And I tried to relax her because she was doing a lot of mess on the street. Mm-hmm. And uh, she saw me and she didn't recognize me. And she started pushing me. And she kicked me, and yeah, wow. it's hard. But I, I really prefer that she do it on me than other people on the street because people were, you know, it's, it's scary. And what can you do? So you, you ring for the, for the police, they come, mm-hmm. they take her for, I don't know, nothing, and they bring her back to the street. A person is yeah. supposed to be locked down on, and, and drugged. But don't we have the, such facilities to... You have no answers. We want answers, war. <laughs> I, I know that they run from it. I mean, and they, they run away and they mm-hmm. don't take them back. Uh-huh. So they just do whatever they want on the street. And the, the first time she attacked you, she choked you? Right? Yeah, she choked me on You got to be you. more subtle about <laughs> asking questions you already know the answers well, from, from I last time. But, but, but I have to say something. <laughs> Most of the homeless people, really, they are super cute they are humble. They gentle. are very gentle. They are very polite even. They are they're good people. They are, of course, the unique like Rona, like Rudy, but most of them are uh, really nice. Yeah, so the first time I saw her, uh, I tried to help her because she was asking for money and she was crying. And I told her, listen, Rona, stop for a second. Tell me how much money do you need? Maybe I can arrange from some, some of my friends. And she understood it. Uh, that I th- that I called her a hooker. She saw she thought that I'm gonna bring all my friends and I don't know what to do with her. And she started choking me in the middle of Washington Street. So I actually got away from her and ran away from her. And um, aren't you t- traumatized by like I would be? <laughs> no, I'm not. I'm not. I-, I think I just really understand them. I really get them. Is there? Is there anything like because you said I would rather her do it to me? Is there? I mean, it almost sounds like masochistic to me. <laughs> that like, you know, I don't know that. Um, because a person who gets hurt once, twice, usually backs off. 
usually. And you come back for more. <laughs> usually, yeah. I don't know. There's something about them that um, I can handle. I can handle really good. I just, I don't know what is it. I can sense them. I can look in their eyes and I can, I can feel them. Right. I don't know what is, why is that? And you got to say, it's like, it's like God doesn't want us to record this episode <laughs> before there was, there was all that noise. Yeah. And then this car alarm goes off. Yeah. Last episode got ruined. <laughs> all like, good. All good. Yeah. Just trying to no worries. not let us get the message out. Um, okay. So, so you, uh, you filmed her and you uploaded it. And then what happened? Well, I started uploading it to, as a story, like uh, 50 seconds or one minute. And I got a lot of response. Uh, people tell me that uh, it's really interesting and uh, I should continue with it. Until this one girl wrote to me, listen, I hate those stories. You got to stop doing it. Uh, you take advantage of them. The girl you know? Yeah. Wow. Yeah. She, she even threatened me. What? Yeah. How? She said, I love Rona. You will take this story out right now or I will do something to you. And I was like, listen, I'm trying to, to speak out their, their, their pain. I want people in Tel Aviv to change the way they see them. And then I realized something I was doing was not good. Something I was doing is not, is not putting out the message. That's why I started doing it like in a, in a different way, in a, in a hard, harsh way. So I just went out. I did like a whole interview with them. I edited it and I uploaded it. And from that moment on, it just went viral. So there was a point in that criticism you received, yeah. you feel? Yeah. I still got criticism. A lot of people still criticize me. That you're like building a reputation, yeah. becoming famous um, over the back becoming of Becoming famous. Yeah, I love, so much. <laughs> I love the likes of the Facebook people. Right. <laughs> yeah, people think that, hmm. that I take advantage of them. Because you became huge on Facebook. You have like 30,000 followers or something. Yeah, it became really, huge. yeah, it became really viral. Enough about me that you should hear uh, yeah. the, the people that I take. Uh, so tell us. They love it. They're, they're a celebrity now. They, they, they recognize everywhere. People come to them, tell them by their name. Andrew, how are you? Uven, how are you? They love it. Wow. Yeah. Do you think that it's helped? Yeah, it like did. Because they're, you I, see change. Know, have, they, have they stopped? doing maybe some nice guy or they do it less now where they're trying to get off the street yeah okay there's pavel pavel um he he was someone i uh interviewed and after i uploaded his video um the his friends contact me and wanted to find him so they took cars and they drove all tel aviv until they found him they took him to one of uh, his friend's house and he is now going through rehabilitation. He's been clean for about three three weeks now. Wow. Yeah, he got to, he's really into religion now. And uh, I met him. This is the, the, the last video I uploaded of, of him. Uh, rehabilitated. He has teeth. They gave him teeth. 
new teeth these are oh. friends from the army from where like how did they uh a friend from his uh rehabilitation the the first time he did it uh, he mm-hmm. saw the video his name his name's friend of shalom he saw the video he just, he texted me he said listen i have to find him i have to save this guy i love him i have to save it and we did it together i mean uh we did a like a shut up and uh collab yeah, that's collab. interesting because that's that's exactly the right what we're talking about is that there's a potential that you can reconnect these people with the closest people that they had in life and that they, there they can find meaning and even new people i mean ruven has a lot of new friends that comes to him uh, every day and they, they are helping him yeah they're sitting with him they talk with him um no but oh, i mean does it actually help him like does he in the end of the day feel better Think about a person that nobody care and nobody speaks to him. Mm-hmm. And now he's like a celebrity. People come to say, hi, Ruben, hi, Ruben. Everybody that sees him, love him. If, if I'm now uh, the mayor yeah. and I take you more and I give you 10 million shekels, I say, solve, solve the problem. Okay. What do you do? Well. To the mic, please. <laughs> Speak to the mic. Well, I'm going to... Um, take someone who knows how to deal with those kind of problems, uh, drug issues, and um, I will get them to be together for a year. I will give this person a flat and I will give him uh, a therapy every day with a shrink, with a, a psychiatrist. I will give him someone who will uh, see what he will what he can work, what are the job opportunities, job opportunities of him and for a year, someone who will be with him every step of the way. Like a child. Like a child. Exactly. They are becoming, they are going back in time to be in a child again. Yeah. And they need someone hand by hand to hold them and to let them uh, go back into life. And if that fails? We we'll start thinking about the new stuff, but I think you never give up. No, no, no. You never give up on a person life. No. Mm-mm. What do you think, Eitan? <laughs> you I think it's ambitious. <laughs> yeah. It's ambitious. Yeah. You're no, I think it's, I think it's uh, commendable, um, but I think it's sometimes it, it might be we like have less walking faith. in place. We have less faith. In, in I don't know, in what, but just let's <laughs> face overall. I didn't start the sentence. No, yeah. Have you ever seen? <laughs> have you ever seen all those stories about people who are, uh, who, I don't know, had a big accident or and they got their life back, you know? Yeah. They go back to life even stronger mm-hmm. because they saw death. They saw that and they realized we don't, and now they have a second opportunity. Now you read every day, people who recovered from Corona, they were, had near-death experience and they, yeah. So think about it. You, you're giving someone a second chance. If they receive it, they come back stronger. Or yeah. something. And they are pearls, really. The people on the street, you have no idea how much they are so smart they have so much to give to society, really. They are funny, they're intelligent, they are 
lovable people. I mean, their, their life are shit, really. It's a shitty life and they are happy people. But if one of them did decide to, to get out of it, yeah. right? There are opportunities. Like you, like, it's not that you can't get a job in Israel. Like, mm-hmm. I bet if one of them uh, went to the countryside, he, he could get a job in uh, agriculture or whatever, picking avocados, right? I mean, th- there are opportunities even for those people. So the alternative route is, is if they did get convinced or with themselves or by someone like you that they have the, the chance to help themselves without waiting for the money to come from the government, right? Yeah, but the thing is they don't believe in themselves. That's the problem. Even if they really want, I, I see a lot of them say, yeah, I want to get out. I want to get out, but they can't do it alone. They're not strong enough. They don't have the ability. We are not robots. What's going on in here is affected by this, mm-hmm. the soul, and their soul is torn, like torn. They've been through stuff and they weren't taking care of their soul. And when your soul is broken in that way, even if you have the strongest mind, nothing will help you. You can't. You need, you need someone to take care of your soul. Mm-hmm. Yeah, well, yeah, yeah, we're, we have different approaches to life. I think we figured that out yeah. already. Um, no, I think it's, I think it's uh, uh, an amazing thing to, to reach out. I think the only, the issue is that I, 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 I think the, the uh, idea that everybody should have this drive to help these people is not necessarily realistic, and I don't think it's necessarily... Uh, well placed, but I think that the your drive and the the idea that like these people need help, and I think that you know in in life, like I said, everybody has to first want to help themselves before that they can be helped. It doesn't matter how much you try and help them, but sometimes it's this chicken and egg thing, right? So like, you maybe know, you can spark the maybe the you fire. can spark the fire within them, yeah, but. But I think, and that's amazing that you're trying to do that. And I, and I, and I think it's totally commendable and I say, go for it. Um, you know, which leads us yeah. to your Kickstarter project. Yeah. So tell us about that. So this project, um, in this project, what I do basically, besides the interviewing, I buy them stuff whatever they need food drinks uh if they need to move from place to place you try not to give them cash no yeah i try not to give them cash unless they really 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 beg for it because that's like injecting them with nice guy essentially exactly and um i ran out of money (laughs) i ran out of money so i opened uh, a head starter because in the beginning, you were funding it. Yeah, I, I was funding the whole uh, project by myself. And um, so I started the Kickstarter. It's a Kickstarter? Head start? Kickstarter. Kickstarter. Yeah. Well, Head it's start. not on Kickstarter. It's on Headstarter. It's a give Head back. Start. It's called a give back. It's okay. give, uh, give back. Yeah, yeah, yeah. And uh, so if you want uh, to help the project continue, just go and There's give back. There's eight days left. Yeah. And eight. you raised how much by now? Uh, 96,000. So you passed the goal. I passed the goal, yeah. Amazing. The, the, the goal was... It was 100,000 shekels. Yeah, Which is almost. like 30k dollars. Yeah. It's crazy. So guys, look out for it. How can they find it? 
on Give Back. It's in give Hebrew, back. so we'll we'll put links. We'll put links, yeah. Um, so what are you gonna do with the money, though? Well, I have plenty of ideas. At first, I thought I was just going to continue the project and maybe do a shut up with all kinds of big, like Keshet, Reshet, and stuff like right. that. Collaboration but, with big, yeah, with news big, channels. Yes, but now. I don't know. <laughs> there are so many options. Yes, yeah, so many options. But I'm gonna do everything. Choice overload. Everything I can to finish this uh, phenomenon. <laughs> like you have a dream uh, project. Uh... Yeah, my dream is uh, the streets are gonna be empty. This wow. is my dream. We can all sign up to that dream, I guess. Yeah, one way or the other. I'm gonna do it. <laughs> we believe in you. Yes. Yeah. Yeah. Good. For sure. We never. I mean, I, if there's anybody that could do it, yeah, it's you. It's so, someone who's been choked and kicked <laughs> and still goes back, <laughs> right? Yeah. Either you clean the streets or you end up living with them. You know. Probably. It's, these are the two options. <laughs> But you can always come shower here if you want. No. Thank no you. Worries. Thank you so much. <laughs> okay. So thank you so much for coming for the second time. Thank I you. I hope this time. It's audible what, <laughs> yeah. we, what we just recorded um, before we go yes so we have a collaboration we have three collaborations one Get ready okay so the first one is with the Jewish journal um, they are in Los Angeles you can check them out at uh, jewishjournal.com for podcasts like David Suiza's podcast pandemic time podcast and many more they have columns great content so go and check them out jewishjournal.com Also, also Arutsheva, IsraelNationalNews.com. It's a news outlet here in Israel. Uh, they have a great website. Like I said, IsraelNationalNews.com. Facebook. Um, they're on Facebook. Sometimes we're live on their Facebook. They got great content. Check them out. IsraelNationalNews.com. And finally, in Australia, Down Under. <laughs> um, we are collaborating with the Australian Jewish News. AJN. Dot. Times of Israel dot com. Yes. And if you live in Australia or interested in what's going on in the community there, check them out. They have a new website. They're on Facebook. They're on Instagram. So highly recommended. AJN.timesofisrael.com. And we'll put links to your Kickstarter. If you feel like donating and helping this cause, uh, this righteous cause, go to Mole's Kickstarter page and donate yes. something any sum yes. right yes awesome guys give more all your money all of it <laughs> um anything else no i think that's it thank you so much for joining thanks us. for coming again thank you for having it's me it's been amazing thank you're you really much. inspiring I bye guys come again. okay <laughs> <laughs> bye, bye guys